Jeffrey Bayer is an eight-time Emmy Award-winning public television writer, producer, and program host, known for feature-length programs about the architecture and history of Chicago, including most recently Chicago by L, The Great Chicago Quiz Show, and Beyond Chicago from the Air. He also hosted the PBS series 10 That Changed America, about the built environment across the country. In his new special called The Most Beautiful Places in Chicago, Jeffrey introduces viewers to the creators and enthusiasts who tell the stories of how these innovative and uniquely magnificent spaces and places across the many neighborhoods of Chicago came to be, why they are meaningful to the people who live and work nearby, and why we should all know their histories. There is a YouTube version of my conversation with Jeffrey Baer with some added material if you're interested Just search for Chicago History Podcast on YouTube. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe. I'm Tommy Henry, and this is the Chicago History Podcast. Jeffrey Bayer, welcome. Oh, pleasure to be here. (laughs) virtually so so your uh crew sent me an advanced copy of the most beautiful places in chicago i was actually going to put together a map of uh, all the locations that you visit uh because you really cover a nice spread you're downtown you're chinatown you're um at the former southwark steel mill on 87th street you're in oak park bartlett and and so much more how did you settle on these locations yeah so did we really find the most beautiful places in chicago Obviously, there are far more than I could have ever gotten into one show, but I think it's it's extremely important to us to reflect the all of Chicago and and the region and and not just downtown, for example. Um, so that was very important to us as we were uh, picking different locations. You know, I, I I mean the origin of this in my mind is just that I, I, every time I've I've been doing these shows about Chicago for public television, WTTW for more than 25 years. And in every single show, I come across a a place that's at least one that you just can't even believe it's in Chicago, you know, a a beautiful, you know, sacred space uh, with, with incredibly stunning, gorgeous interior or a beautiful park that, you know, is a kind of a hidden gem. And, um, and I thought, wow, you know, I think it would be kind of cool to have this all in, in, in one show and, and a lot of places that I, that I didn't know about too. And um, so, you know, we, we, we did start with a lot of options. I, I put the word out to, um, you know, I have developed a lot of contacts over the years and, uh, and just, just put the word out to, to people I knew, you know, if you were going to, take me to a, a a place that you think is one of the most beautiful places in Chicago, what would it be? And of course we got probably a hundred ideas of, of places that we could include in the show. And, uh, and then, you know, the process was narrowing it down and, and, and I think narrowing it down in a couple of ways. One way was just, is it just visually beautiful? Is it just surprisingly gorgeous? Like you, you can't believe your eyes. That's kind of, you know, baseline. 
but also what what's the story behind the place and 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 the other thing about this show that's different i think than a lot of my shows is i'm we've really leaned into the people the people who are showing us these places so you know is the person who's going to take me there a, a good talker uh you know do, can they really capture the what's so meaningful about this place not just its visual beauty but what what it what it means to that person and to Chicago that makes it beautiful. Um, and then thirdly, as I've already said, you know, does it kind of reflect a, 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 a wide, broad Chicago and not just some narrow particular area? Well, I do want to get back to uh, people in just a minute, but I, I have to say, I'm I'm not normally like a huge architecture guy when people go, oh, you know who designed that building, right? I rarely know. Um, but watching your Tommy program. Henry, the Chicago <laughs> History Podcast, rarely knows. Listen, if this was the Chicago Architecture Podcast, okay. uh, then, then maybe, yeah. But uh, seriously, your programs encourage me to uh, look at these buildings and places in a different light, which I'm sure is part of your goal. Do you hear that a lot? I hear it all the time. Yeah, um, I, you know, the 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 refrain I've probably heard the most in my career is, "Gee, I walk by that building all the time, and I never noticed that, or I never looked up and saw that." Um, architecture was kind of my first love. It was kind of my doorway into this. Um, was when I trained to be a Chicago Architecture Foundation docent. Now it's called the Chicago Architecture Center. Uh, in 1987. Um, and, uh, and even before that, I, I took some architectural history in, in college and studied in Europe and got to see things firsthand. And it's always been a, a, a big love of mine. So I kind of went the other way from maybe what you're talking about. So I backed into the history through architecture mm. uh, because that was where my first kind of excitement and interest was. One of the things I learned watching The Most Beautiful Places in Chicago, um, St. Regis, currently the third tallest building in Chicago, features something called blow-through floors. Yes. Uh, for for listeners, what are blow-through floors and why are they used? So the St. Regis Tower is right along the Chicago River, very close to the mouth of the Chicago River, um, kind of across the river and a little east of Tribune Tower, um, east of Michigan Avenue. And it's it's very, very tall and very slender. And so tall, slender buildings, all really tall buildings, will sway in the wind. Um, you can even perceive this to some degree. People have talked about it when you're at the top of the Hancock or the Sears Tower. You know, you'll notice like the water might be jiggling a little in the glass or you'll feel a little something. But um, so they, they come up with strategies to mitigate this this tendency of buildings to sway because they don't want them to sway too much. Um, not that they're going to like fall down or anything, but it's disconcerting to be in a building and feel it moving. So Jeannie Gang's team did some research and analysis and they figured out that this particularly this the third component of the building that that extends the tallest up into the sky was just going to be is going to sway too much. And so they eliminated two floors. They basically there were you know it was tough for the the real estate folks there were going to be condos on those floors uh but they took out the windows and they you know left the floors open air so that the wind blows through the building instead of uh, pushing against it 
And I will add that the building also has another device inside, which other buildings in Chicago have as well, which is called a tuned mass damper. So in addition to this open floor, this blow through floor, um, there's a giant pool of water in a tank on the top of the building. And when the building sways one way, the water in the tank sloshes the other way. And this tends to counterbalance the, the sway of the building. It's called a tuned, a, a liquid tuned mass damper. Do we know? And how by much the way, uh, you, what you mentioned, you mentioned the blow through floor because in the show, I, no one's allowed to do this. They allowed us to, to go and film the blow through floor. So imagine it, it like, looks crazy. It looks yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine being on, on the, up on the uh, top of the Hancock building in the sky deck, and then they just took out all the windows. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it's just like a low railing up there and it's just open air. <laughs> yeah. Well, St. Regis also has, I discovered this watching your program, uh, has the highest residential unit in the city. Do you recall off the top of your head what the asking price uh, would be for that unit? Uh, the uh, guy who took us through the building said 19 million ish. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I think it's going to be a couple more uh, podcast episodes before I'm going to be able to afford that. So great view. Yeah. Great view. You uh, you mentioned Jeannie Gang, the architect who designed the St. Regis. Um, uh, you talk to other architects about their inspiration. You speak with artists like Roman Villarreal and uh, Nick Cave, um, and also a Tribune Tower lobby greeter named Melissa Hubert Degra. I'm I'm sure my French teacher from high school would be angry that I, that was, I butchered that her name. Uh, yeah, maybe close. Uh, who I thought was great. For those who don't know, what is the cool thing about the Tribune Tower lobby? So the lobby of the Tribune Tower, uh, you know, Tribune Tower was was designed that uh, was the winner of a design competition to design the most beautiful building in the world, and it's really kind of a monument to the great Chicago Tribune publisher uh, Colonel Robert McCormick and in his ego, um, and uh, so he was quite a character. And the lobby is this um, monument to freedom of the press. So if you go into the in, into the Tribune Tower lobby, past all the sort of gargoyle-looking figures that are called grotesques, it, etched into the walls are all these pronouncements about freedom of speech and freedom for the press. I mean, they're literally carved in stone into the walls. The wall, the, the, it, it, it feels a little like you're going into a Gothic cathedral when you go into this lobby. It's got a wood beam ceiling, but then on the walls and actually even on, engraved on the floor, are are these uh, pronouncements about the power and value and importance of freedom of speech and freedom of the press and you mentioned the lobby greeter they call them you know the tribune tower is residential now it's it's a condo building and so the this this woman in the lobby essentially we somebody we might have used to call a doorman or you know but she's a greeter they call her an ambassador she wears a little uniform mm. and she sits in this lobby all day long and looks at these, you know, uh, etch, etched pans to freedom of the press. And she spoke so eloquently about, you know, visitors will come into the lobby who come from countries where they don't have those freedoms, where they could get thrown in jail for saying something against the, the regime. And she thinks about that as a, you know, as a person who sits and reads these inscriptions uh, about the freedoms that we have in our country. And that's something that I found so powerful and, and delightful about this whole project, this whole 
search for the most beautiful places in Chicago to make a TV show about that for WTTW was meeting these people and hearing their what what these places mean to them. I found that a very it was so much fun talking to her, but it was also very moving talking. Oh, to her. absolutely. Yeah. And I think it, it comes across nicely. I mean, honestly, seeing the buildings discussed in the program from the outside as you drive past is one thing. But then having the opportunity to see them uh, from the inside, I thought was a, a treat. One of the ones that you cover is Northeastern University's El Centro building, which listeners, uh, it's a big building on the east side of the Kennedy, just south of Addison or north of uh, Belmont, I guess, depending on which way you're headed. I learned a whole bunch about sound design with, you know, buildings like this with your talk. Um, the architect is uh, Juan Gabriel Moreno. Because truly, I looked at it and thought, how do they have a university that is that close to the expressway and yeah. get anything done? You know, I live a block away from the L and I can hear it, you know, more than I want to. So I learned a lot about that, which I thought was uh, pretty great. You guys didn't mention it, but there's a great drone shot of the El Centro building that shows what appears to be hundreds of solar panels on top of uh, the roof, which, you know, you got to love a college building dedicated to educating immigrants uh, that also has a focus on renewable energy. thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, sustainability now is a huge component of all construction. I mean, some there's some unbelievable percentage. We don't think about this. There's some unbelievable percentage of greenhouse gases that comes from building. And there's a lot of embedded carbon in buildings when it comes to all of the building materials that had to be fabricated for them to, to build the building. So there's just a whole protocol now about all the ways in which you try to mitigate those things. I, I love that building. This is a building, if you've seen it on the Kennedy, it's kind of a, it kind of curves with the Kennedy and it's this very kind of weird modern looking building with these kind of blue and yellow fins on the side of it and it cuts inward at an angle at the bottom. And, and I say in the show, you know, it, it causes some distracted driving on the Kennedy. So I really wanted to, to, to see that building up close. I've passed it a million times. I've like literally probably gotten closer to being in a crash than I wanted to by, by, <laughs> by trying to look at it as I'm speeding by on the Kennedy. But what I, I, when we got there to film the interview, you know, anytime you film with a TV crew, they always want to find the quietest location, right? Oh, this is too noisy. And, 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 and I said to the sound uh, recordist, uh, sorry, but I want to be on the highway side of the building because that roaring highway noise is part of the story. Like, what did Juan do to mitigate this, this roaring sound of the highway? So I wanted that sound behind my voice and behind our voices in the interview as I was interviewing Juan. And, uh, and he, you know, I set him up and he, he was right there. I said, what was the biggest challenge? He said, well, we're hearing it now, the highway, you know, and I was like, yay, we got it into the show. Um, but uh, obviously, when you watch the show, you can see how they uh, some tricks that 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 he used. And and this is another guy who again talks about not just the beauty of the building. And it's it, if you like modern architecture, it's really beautiful. But the meaning of the building, you know, that yes, I'm going to put this building right on the edge of the highway, and it's going to be like a billboard advertising the fact that here is a school giving immigrants you know, that's glorifying education for, for, for immigrants. And, and, and Juan also said, you know, every neighborhood deserves what he calls uplifting architecture, not just downtown. 
and and it's really a mission of his to do sort of dramatic he likes i like he said i like buildings that 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 jar you that make a statement when you look at them that make you kind of amazed in every neighborhood every neighborhood deserves uplifting architecture he says that's fantastic so from the first day of filming to when it is shown mm -hmm. on wttw how long does it take how many people are involved in these productions uh, it takes um about eight months mm. to make one of these shows so my colleagues in uh, spot news are like jealous you know because they get about four hours um <laughs> it, it uh and i pretty much just do it all myself no i'm not kidding um uh, I, I was so blessed on this project. Um, you know, when we went, so, so there's the sort of extended family, like the people I'll put the word out into the community and I get a lot of my contacts and people, um, giving me ideas. So there's that sort of extended family, but, um, the, the, we do have, a, it's a small team. You know, we, we have a producer, uh, her name is Bridget Sarno, uh, and uh, who's worked with Oprah Winfrey and others. Uh, an associate producer whose name was Tim Farron. So that's kind of the two of them and, and me are the, the main sort of content production team. Um, we go out in the field with a small crew, an incredibly gifted director of photography. It's the first time I've ever worked with them. He's a um, guy named Oral Usair, uh, and, and you will see in the show, I mean, it is so gorgeously filmed. It's just unbelievable. And, a, and, a, and, a, and then, you know, a, a sound person goes out with us so I can, you know, tell them I want to be, interview someone next to a highway and they can go out of their minds. And we have an editor um, who was brilliant, Jeff Landsman, who lives up in Deerfield. We, we have um, composers who work on the, on the project. And then there's, you know, a, a big, uh, there, there's, a, there's a, a wonderful production team here at WTTW, you know, who do other things, but they're, they're contributing to our project in, in all the sort of infrastructure ways here at WTTW. And then, of course, there's a whole web team, too, uh, because these projects are not just TV shows. It's a, it's, there's a, a whole website that's part of the project, too, where you have um, um, there's a there's a self-guided uh, audio tour on there. There's a, a slideshow of um, some of these beautiful places. So, you, you know, they go by quickly in the show and you can really get a better look at them. There's a web exclusive feature because there's an artist in the show who also did this gorilla art where he carved a, a mermaid out of some of the blocks of stone along the Chicago, uh, along the lakefront, you know, in the sort of dark of night, not in the dark of night, but he didn't have permission, let's put it that way. And we tell the story of the mysterious mermaid. So there are these things on the web as well. So there's a web team um, so there's, you know, I mean, it, when you when you start to break it down, you know, there's fundraisers, marketing and publicity, you know, there's that you, you do get end up with a kind of a big team, uh, but a small core of us that that are responsible for most of the creative content. Well, and they've they've all supported you nicely because this really is a gorgeous, gorgeous production. Were there places for one reason or another that were unwilling to grant you access uh, to film with them? Um, I'm. You know, when you when you've asked that question, I do feel like I, I'm not going to be able to remember where it was. But there was a place, and I was kind of like, "Really? You you don't want us to show your?" Place? You just kept pointing at your own face, saying, "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> I'm Jeffrey. Um, no, I mean we don't. We we're not doing like hardcore investigative journalism. You know, yeah, we're sure. Uh, so we don't tend to have the, too much trouble on my kinds of shows. 
uh, having cooperation from people uh, allowing us to come in and film. Yeah, I guess I was curious as to whether you might have picked a place. They said, oh, you know, based on timing, we're going to be doing some renovations and it's not going to work out or yeah, something like no, that. I mean, we um, we I cannot remember where what the place was, but hmm. I think there was a place that we had really wanted to do, but they were in the middle of some renovation and um, and it, it just wasn't going to work because the, the renovation wasn't going to be done in time. I will say that there was a, a one of the um, sacred spaces in the show, and there are some amazing houses of worship in this show. Like you can't believe your eyes. Uh, one of them, the KAM Isaiah Israel um, Synagogue in uh, Kenwood, they're kind of embarking right now on a construction project. So I know that we had to shoot around some scaffolding, uh, kind of shoot over here but not over there, you know, uh, uh, in order for to to, stick, to capture the beauty of it. Uh, toward the end of the program, you say there is more beauty in the Chicago area than we can possibly fit in one program. May listeners expect a part two of the most beautiful places in Chicago? And if so, when? Uh, well, we're not talking too much about it yet, but uh, oh. yes, there, there, there will be a part two. Mm. Uh, uh, I, I will say this. The, re the reality is we, we filmed so much for mm. this show that as we got into the process of trying to cram it all into one show, we felt we were gonna just give everything too much uh, short shrift and not really let people see as, uh, the, the, the beauty. So we've already kind of partially shot a show number two, um, mm. almost actually mostly shot a show number two. Uh, and we're considering that for uh, the fall of this year. Wow. Listeners, you've heard it here first. That's right. Uh, the, mo the most Tommy beautiful Henry exclusive. <laughs> the most beautiful places in Chicago premieres Tuesday, March seventh at seven p.m. on WTTW and through streaming on WTTW.com forward slash beautiful places and the PBS app. Jeffrey Bear, as always, thanks for your time and what you do to bring these sights and stories of Chicago to viewers. It's my pleasure. Anytime. <laughs>